fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try for the touchdown. Welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, paving your way to fantasy excellence throughout the year, throughout 2022, week four of the NFL. Had some interesting results today. We're starting to see who people are, um, you know, and the answer in many of those cases is that they suck, both team and player-wise, and I've gotten to experience that firsthand quite a bit. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself, who was cursing like a sailor, Less than a minute or two ago, as his Patriots fell in overtime to the Packers, who I have gone on record as saying also suck. Yeah, they do, as do my Patriots. We shouldn't even have been in the game and clearly didn't deserve it. The soft play calling at the end. I'm trying not to swear or sweat as much as I typically do on this show, apparently. Been called out for that. Enough ending. Shouldn't have even been in the game, but they didn't even give the kid a chance, Bailey Zappi, there at the end after he's playing so well. You guys don't care about that, though, because it's not fantasy relevant. I want to move on because I'm already pissed off and cruising right in, and we've got about 30 minutes till kickoff for the next game, so we're going to try to hit every single meaningful thing, starting as we always do with stud. We'll hit your duds. We'll go through all the stats and usage that we know of as right now, snap counts, all that good stuff that matter. We'll hit... Some injuries and impact, the early week five wave wire, and then we'll send you on your way for what should be a pretty damn good game tonight. I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Who do you like in the game tonight? I'm going Brady with all his weapons back, and I think this is where they start to get their season back on track. I I think the Chiefs are crumbling a little right now. I think so, too. I'm expecting Mike Evans to have a particularly big game. I I wouldn't hate that. I have him in quite a few leagues. I could really use it. All right, let's get into our studs of the week. Austin Eckler. A guy that I know that you took a big spot on one of your teams, he returned to somewhat prominence, 16 rushes uh, or 13 rushes, 60 yards, two touchdowns. He also added six catches and 49 yards. So, uh, you know, Eckler kind of earning his RB1 stripes, his high draft pick, you know, uh, position. However, he is one of many running backs that had an excellent game. I'm not convinced that he actually had the best game of the bunch. Uh, what? Who else we got for studs? I will say this, too. After no touchdowns on the year, 20 last year, none. Very nice to see him finally go one, two, three and notch a bunch at once to prove he's not allergic to the end zone. As as you mentioned, I have him in a few leagues. Felt very good to see him find there getting involved uh, much more heavily, especially in the scoring range. TJ Hawkinson has to be nominated. Definitely the best tight end and maybe the high score at any position this week after eight catches, 179 yards, two scores, a two-point conversions, 12 targets, the engine of the offense here with Amon Ross, St. Brown out, DJ Chark out. They turned the wheels over to Hawkinson, and he delivered big time. Huge day for him. We called it on the show. Said he was my top five tight ends. I called it with CJ this morning, told everybody to start in that ass. Very, I didn't expect this, but beautiful. Great to see. Rashad Penny, he may have had the best running back game of the day, although it's debatable. Like I said, there's like 12 guys that had legitimately good games after we declared the running back position essentially dead only a few days ago. He rushed 17 times for a buck 51 and two touchdowns. He also had one catch for six yards on top of that. And the Seahawks dynamite 48 to 45 win over the Lions, not only just a, a achieving an extremely exciting game. I mean, Geno Smith is fire. 
Uh, Jared Goff, who is our next stud, is also fire. Also, that score had never been achieved before, 48 to 45. I love a good scoregami, baby. Yep. It's always always great to see. Clap one out for the scoregami. But as you mentioned, on the other side of things, Jared Goff, 39 attempts, completes 26 for 378, four scores without his top two wideouts, still getting it done. I think we can lock him into the every single week top 12 quarterback. I know. Because the hell? one, he looks pretty damn good. But two, their defense is so bad that every single week they're going to need this. So great to see. The guy can get it done even without his top two weapons. Yeah, this was Swift. no DeAndre Swift. This was no Amon Ross St. Brown. This was and yet his best game of the year. 33 points. fantasy points. Barely missed the 400-yard bonus for those of you that have it. Love to see it from Goff. At this point, a locked-in top 12 guy rest of the season. All right, let's talk about duds. And well, who would you I, give? Who would you give the award to if we had to? Pick I think out of these guys, if I'm being honest, I'd probably go Hawkinson. Yeah, I, I mean, he was started where people had him for the most part because of the projected narrative, and he just blew it out of the water. So well, I'll give it to him game. too, even though Eckler, as a personal favorite, was my favorite one to see. I, I, honestly, I would put Eckler third or fourth out of these four. Really? Guys. Well, yeah, and there, and there might be Eckler. some guys that didn't even make our list that I actually might. Put above that finished late about Josh Jacobs guys. I mean, had yeah, seriously, and, you know. we'll have to talk about him. Maybe he gets nominated up as we move to the duds, the guys that pissed us off more than any others. That thumbs so, up button does help us get out to more people, like shares, retweets, all that good stuff as we move into the dud section. Kicking off two bad tight ends. I'll start with the first as Mark Andrews, two catches, 15 yards. Just pathetic after he's been so dominant. He did run a route every single time. I'm not panicking or overly concerned. But yeah, I and he, and he had a great game last week. I know. I mean, all year he's pretty much had a great game. The underlying usage even today was okay. But I really think we give the Belichick that kind of takes out the number one weapon type credit. Nobody – you don't want to start the best player. I don't buy that anymore. I actually think Sean McDermott's like the new age Belichick. He's a defensive genius. And we've seen him just eliminating number one options – Week in and week out, Tyree Kill. Like he, he, I'd be worried for number one options against the Bills the rest of the year. No joke with Mark Andrews either. So we're in a big stretch for time. Like we have like a 30-minute podcast and we have like a million things to do. And even with that said, even as pressed for time as we are, I'm just going to stare angrily into the camera for like three seconds before I get on. I mean, just... Kyle Pitts, one catch, <laughs> 25 yards. I don't even think he belongs on the dud of the week list anymore because it's like, why would we have any expectations for this guy to do anything? That's the, that is the only reason he's not going to win dud of the week because I knew going in that he was going to suck because he's just a dud overall. It looked like he he was finally trending the right way. Hit one game. Yeah. We were were a little encouraged. You were a little more encouraged than me, but still we were a little encouraged and you know, one catch 25 yards. Are you nuts? Forget it. I think uh, eight and zero. At least either four and zero or eight and zero. I don't even know if they've won enough to be eight and zero since he's been in the league. But I know every time he's gotten eighty yards or more, they don't lose. I, I, you know, obviously there's like no one hundred percent. We get him eighty yards, and now we're suddenly going to win. But come on, get this guy the freaking rock. It, it makes no sense. But yeah, it's maybe. Uh, can I can I keep starting this guy? I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't uh, it really depends who your other option. I mean, the tight ends on waivers suck, but I mean, a bunch of them got more than like three fantasy points. That's uh, the thing, though. It's like, is you're going to go to Logan Thomas? Like at that point, you might as well. Yeah, just it's Logan play. Thomas. It's Gesicki. It's something like that. Then you, then you stick with Pitts, but yeah, it's fine. I'll stick with Pitts, but I hate him. I hate the opportunity cost was so great, given where you had to take him. But probably my pick for Dud of the Week, Jonathan. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Week one was unbelievable, and since then, three straight underwhelming weeks. I don't know where you are at with the panic button here, but 20 carries, 42 yards, also suffers a potential high ankle sprain, 
playing on a short week too. We'll talk about that more when we get to injuries, but all around just an awful performance. Did have, don't forget, one catch for one yard as well. Awful, awful day for JT. I'm pretty damn nervous. I don't know how you're feeling right now, but like I'm not necessarily considering this a buy low opportunity. I, I'm scared. No, he's a little bit like uh, Pitts in the sense that I, I don't want to diss him like that, comparing him to somebody like Kyle Pitts. But like, it, it's the type of thing where you have to roll him out. Like if you if he's playing, you have to play you him. Do, you can't right. just sit Jonathan Taylor and then you just eat it when he scores four fantasy points or something. And I mean, you look at it now, it's not like Naeem Hines came in and did awesome or anything like that. He no. had a completely forgettable day as well. So uh, the, the Colts, Colts are just Col- forgettable. Colts are bad. I thought the Colts would be bad. They're playing in an awful division, although Jacksonville doesn't seem terrible. <sighs> surprisingly. Right. Anyway, great. anyway, last guy on the duds list, Drake London, um, two of seven targets for 17 yards. So it's nice to have him and Pitts both on the list for, if you're a Falcons fan. <laughs> well, yeah, negative quarterbacks. We'll get to the guy I started this week, Mariota, in just a second. I think Taylor has to be the dud, though, relative to expectations. Everybody's running back one. Uh, everybody's using him, and all he's doing is disappointing. I'm nervous. Honestly, if you can sell for some type of name value at this point, I would do my best. Like, it could be a situation his price will never get lower as well. So maybe you try to buy because he is so damn good. But I'm nervous about this team in general. The line does not look good at all either. Ugh, it's it's gross. It's well, tough. like we talked about. There's so many running backs that had big weeks this th- this week. I mean, you know, maybe Taylor looks even a little less attractive because maybe you look at yeah. what you got and you you probably odds are you probably got one of these guys who went off because there's so many of them. You just say, you know what, I don't need to like. I don't. I don't need to go shopping. It'll be interesting when I release the uh, the rest of the season big board where he falls because he's kind of been locked into a top three spot on just name alone. He's going to be to bump pretty big down. Oh, he's so. not. A, he's not top three right now. No, no, oh no, not anymore. No, I'm talking maybe fringe first rounder at this point. Maybe even it falls out of it. We'll see. Yeah, be that'd be interesting. That we should do our. Uh, we talked about doing a first quarter show. We should. Oh we yeah, should we'll talk have to about figure that, that out. Try sure. to do that this week, maybe. Yeah, definitely. All right. Go ahead. All right, let's move on to stats that pop. For quarterbacks, we mentioned Goff in the potential stud of the week. 378, four touchdowns, and just again, re-emphasizing the guys are locked in every week QB1 that I, I'm going to – I have him right now, and I'm not going to think twice. He's my guy. I'm moving forward this way. The defense is so bad. He'll be in shootouts all the time. Geno Smith, a guy that we just – how can you not pull for Geno? I said on the last show, I said, you know, I secretly kind of like Geno Smith and pull for him. Yeah. And you did too. 320 yards, two touchdowns. Y'all – also, it's seven carries for 49 extra yards, which is not nothing. Seahawks put up. He ran one points. in, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think he also ran in a touchdown there. So, Over huge day for Geno Smith. Points. Fun pulling for him. Seahawks, nowhere near as bad as I thought they would be. I mean, I, I still kind of think they're bad. But not – I mean, I don't know. Shoot. I mean, it's the lines are terrible. But still, I mean, they're just putting up offense anywhere. DK Metcalf at 149 yards. Rashad Penny, as we mentioned, rushed for over 150. Geno had a great game. Go Seahawks. They're moving at a great pace. They're throwing it to their guys. Over 60% of their passes went to Lockett or DK Metcalf. They've come a significant way from those first two weeks. We're now seeing an offense in back-to-back weeks that pushed the pace, ran a faster faster offense, snapping it within 15 seconds on over half of their plays, and they're going to their go-to guys. Like It's not rocket science, and it seems like Pete Carroll's finally waking up to that. Love to see it. Uh, Geno Smith is actually a viable, certainly in two QB leagues, but even single QBs in these right matchups. He's been a QB1 in three of his four weeks so far this year. Wild yeah. stuff, vastly outscoring Russell Wilson for what it's worth. Justin Herbert, nice rebound game, 342 scores. Love to see that from him. Pushing the ball down the field. Said he could feel like playing with the ribs. Felt better this week. 
clearly showed in the risks he was taking. I know it was the Houston defense. That also doesn't hurt either. But yeah. nice effort from Justin Herbert to see your QB1 back. Let's talk about a couple quarterbacks that fall under the Mac category, starting with uh, Zach Wilson. Hide your mothers. Um, his stat line, I actually don't have in front of me, but I'll more talk about the guys, his receivers that were either affected. He put up 18 fantasy points. It wasn't a it's, horrible it's not, day, it's not but it was up or down, as it always is with him. Corey Davis caught five out of seven for 74 and a touchdown. Um, Garrett Wilson, two catches. He was targeted six times for 41 yards, so that was a, a big step down. Eli Moore, four targets, three receptions, 53 yards. That's kind of more of the same for him. So uh, Wilson did not, like, set the world on fire or anything like that, I would say the jury's still out. Yeah, dating back to last year, Corey Davis was kind of his go-to guy, and he steps right back in, and the guy that nobody wanted to be the guy ended up being it. He finished with 252 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, as well as 15 yards on the ground. So not an overwhelmingly positive performance, but looking at the fallout, did look like a downgrade for Garrett Wilson, who was more involved than he's ever been this week in terms of route participation. But if your quarterback's not looking your way, and remember – Garrett Wilson did hate on Zach Wilson's ball in camp. Maybe he freezes him out. Eli Moore, not the revival people were hoping for. Just a very uh, performance, even though he wasn't awful. Not inspiring. We want Flacco back for fantasy. Looking at Kenny Pickett, who benefited here? Actually, one him, two rushing touchdowns. We'll talk more on him, so I'm not going to go fully into detail. But George Pickens, huge winner. 33% target share with Pickett under. I talked about stashing Pickens on our waiver wire show this week, saying as soon as Pickett takes over, I think that connection is going to be a beautiful one, and it really genuinely was today. He's still out there. Both those guys and well over half your leagues out there. We'll get to waiver wires later, but big performance from him, whereas both the other receivers, as we'll talk about shortly, big downgrades it looked like with Kenny Pickett right now. All right, quarterbacks who shit the bed. We'll start with Marcus Mariota, who the Wolf alluded to earlier oh. because he started him instead of Jared Goff. Uh, he completed seven out of 19 passes for 139 uh, yards, no touchdowns, one interception. That That is pretty close to as bad of a stat line as you'll get from an NFL quarterback. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe he could have been picked more times or something, but that, just an abysmal completion percentage. So, I mean, if you, if you just do the math on that, like he's averaging like seven yards an attempt. I mean, that, that's bad. just terrible. Right. Anyway, real bad stuff. 33% completion percentage. And the big thing with him was rushing yards, rushing yards, rushing yards. At least he's Konami, right? Three carries nah, for five yards. He's yeah. not Konami. Awful performance. I just cannot wait to hate cut the guy. I am so excited to get rid of him and never think about Marcus Mariota for the rest of my life. Fuck off. Carson Wentz, 25 completions on 42 passes for a whopping 170 yards. One touchdown, two interceptions. He had those two big 27-point days to kick off 2022, but I think we're seeing the real Carson Wentz here. He's not a guy you can trust. You can cut him. Go cut him now for Jarek McKinnon tonight. See what happens. Rashad White, if he's out there in your leagues, maybe something happens to Fournette and you got yourself a, the elite handcuff. No reason if you have Wentz on your bench to do anything but cut him, find someone you can play, uh, or at least stash and watch tonight instead. Useless. Both those guys, get the hell off of rosters now. Thank you. All right, running backs, like we said, I don't know the exact number, but a lot of guys went over 100 Much yards and day. scored touchdowns. So uh, we'll start with – we're going to rush through these, but we'll, we'll start with Nick Chubb, guy that's been on this list a bunch of times. 19 rushes, 118 yards, and a touchdown. It's becoming almost like a ho-hum stat line for him. Uh, running Browns, back one in fantasy. <laughs> Browns did somehow lose to the Falcons. So but, sad. Yeah, Pathetic. it's incredible. But anyway, Chubb looked, Chubb, Chubb looked like Chubb. He always looks good. Running back one in fantasy right now. 
clearly not impacted. In fact, benefiting from the fact that Brissett's their quarterback right now. Damian Pierce, 14 for 131, had that nice, beautiful 75-yard touchdown run, but also got six catches, a career high so far, a lot of designed looks, did give up most of the third down work to uh, Rex Burkhead. 12 Of the 12 snaps, 11 went to Burkhead. All the two-minute drill went to Burkhead. But on those early downs, they were designing a lot of plays for uh, for Pierce in the, the catch game. Now, he didn't do a ton with them, six catches, eight yards, but still nice to see that game kind of expanded on. And, of course, that 75-yard touchdown run. That was fun. This kid's a stud. I mean, he's a player, and he's going to continue to get work. J.K. Dobbins, upon reflection, I really don't even think he belongs on this list because the competition is so tight, but he did score twice. He had 13 rushes for 41 yards and a score. He also had four catches for 22 yards and a score. That's the least number of yards you're going to see by far or anybody on this running back list because so many guys went over 100. His yards per carry, only about three yards, but he was really kind of leaned on a little bit more in the offense this week, and he did get in the end zone twice. Yeah, just nice to see 17 touches to the guy. We don't typically see Ravens get that type of workload. Justin Hill did go down, so I wonder if somebody else will be now up. But it was good to see after all these injuries, he's actually able to sustain a nice, sturdy workload. Even if he wasn't the most efficient, definitely leaned upon with four of the six goal line snaps involved on the early downs. Uh, Played 35 of the, I think it looks like 63 total snaps. So right over 50% of the snaps. Just nice to see him continue to get that role elevated as a talent as he is. We mentioned Penny already in the studs, but just to reiterate, 151 and two scores. Looking damn good anytime he gets those type of matchups. It was the underlying usage I did want to mention, though. All the goal line work went to him. All all but two short yardage snaps went to him. And the big thing was he's playing a lot more third down snaps during this one. Uh, Five snaps on third and three or longer for the only fourth time in his career. He ran more routes than he's ever ran in his career. 17 routes compared to 16. He's only seen 16 six times across his career, but he is getting more involved as a receiver. So Penny, better floor, obviously the ceiling we just saw in the right matchups too, whereas Ken Walker, only eight carries, 29 yards, clear distance second afterthought. And see, here's what I'm talking about. With this stat line, I feel like we see this six, seven times this week. Miles Sanders, 27 rushes, 134 yards and two touchdowns. Also had two catches for 22 Additional yards. I mean, we, we, you know, speaking of guys that we faded hard because he told us to, um, <laughs> we weren't, we weren't really weren't buying too much Miles Sanders stock going into the season, but great stat line. And weirdly enough for this week, not even that massive of a stat line. Like I've tons of guys did exactly this, but it, make no mistake. It's a great stat line. <laughs> yeah. He really impressive. 55 of the 82 snaps went to him uh, all, but so 27 carries career high there as was the, the rushing yard you mentioned there, 134. Great to see. I mean, only five carries to Gainwell, two to Trey Sermon. This is his backfield, and I know I've been a little bit lower on him entering the year and just ranking him in general. I've been slow to come on to it, but it's clear. He's their feature back of a really good offense. we yeah. got to treat him like a high-end RB2, low-end running back one moving forward. Uh, the goal line work. I mean, after not scoring any touchdowns last year, already three in 2022. I got to relook at Miles Sanders. We've been definitely way too low on him. Yeah. Uh, he's he's shoving it up. Our, he's, you know, he's really cramming it down us right There's now. There's a lot of guys shoving it over up our ass, like uh, Lamar. Oh, yeah. way We were so wrong on him. Nick Chubb. A lot, a lot of people to eat crow on. We've been right about a good amount. Yeah, too, we've been, but, uh, I'm just, just bringing up a couple guys we whiffed on. Definitely some big whiffs <laughs> as well. A really nice week for Brees Hall in terms of final stats, but especially the utilization increase that we're seeing. 66% of snaps. 65% of the rushes, that was the big thing. And Ben Carter on the early down rushes, 
That now tilted in Brees Hall's favor as he maintained the big receiving role. 61% of the routes, 71% long down and distance, 100% of short yardage, 100% inside five, 100% inside 10, uh, and nearly all of the third down work. I'm looking here just to double confirm, confirm that. Eight of the 12 third downs, yup, seven, uh, 50% of the two-minute drill, just all the best usage going to him, and he's doing well with it. Again, 66 yards, touchdown, only two catches, but he did see six targets. He's second among running backs this year with 26 targets on the season. Pretty impressive. Like It, it got double-digit points, too, in every single week so far this year, and I don't think anybody's really recognized. Like, he's had a really good start, and this is only going to get better for him. The schedule is going to soften up. I love Brissol. Bye, bye, bye. If you can right now, it's only going to get better, in my opinion. We talked about Nick Chubb as the RB1 right now in fantasy. I'm pretty sure the RB2, at least going into the week, is Saquon Barkley. He added another 147 yards on the ground, carrying the ball 31 times. Uh, they did beat the Bears. He added two catches for an additional 16. He's a, just playing the role of a monster workhorse right now. Looks like such a stud every time he's out there. Also oh, regaining great. workhorse duties, though. Derrick Henry, 22 carries, 114 in a TD. Three catches for 33. Had a touchdown called back, too. Could have been even more massive, but nice 26-point day for him. Looking really good. We both agreed going into the week that Jamal Williams, whether DeAndre Swift played or not, was an absolute smash play. He rushed 19 times for 118. Uh, put another two in the end zone, which we're getting kind of used to. Like we said, uh, they lost in an absolute shootout to the Seahawks. But uh, this guy, is uh, he's the real deal. He's a real talent, yeah. yeah. Intriguingly enough, Craig Reynolds did play eight of the nine uh, two-minute drill snaps, and the third downs were split up pretty evenly. So they did want to maintain a committee, like me and CJ had mentioned, but a 50-yard touchdown, a goal-line plunge, as he's been doing all year, really just made Williams a rock-solid play for all you that used him, as you should have. Now, I did <clears throat> want to bring up Singletary, only 49 yards, four catches, 47 yards, like a nice total yardage uh, performance here. The big thing, though, 63 total snaps for the Bills. He was in on 55 of them. Dominant snap share. That's 87% of the snaps. He had 55% of the rush attempts, and that's with like competing with Josh Allen. 77% route participation, 16% target share, 88% of the short yardage, 88% of long down and distance, 100% of the two-minute offense. All this coming from, of course, pro football focus. Just a great overall role. And, yeah, again, only about 10 points. In the past, whenever Singletary's got 70% more of the snaps, he's finished as a top 12 running back like 70% of the time. This is a locked-in role in a great offense. So this might be the best time to buy because he didn't have a huge day. But, man, people don't love him, and they should. This guy's going to be a rock-solid running back, too, if this usage main goes forward. Josh Jacobs in one of the last games Ooh. to finish today, 25 carries. This is like an identical stat line to the one I called out from like Miles Sanders. 25 carries, 134 yards, two scores, added five catches for another 31 on six targets. Huge day. I wish that I had had bet on this because I told 100 people, bet the house on the Raiders to beat the Broncos. I don't care that they're 0-3. And they did. Um, so, I mean, you know, he – I think it's actually – I read you his stat line before the game was done. I think he actually finished 28-144. Yeah. So, yeah, great great day for Davis. Not much else to say about it. I mean, featured back, everyone's talking about how good the Broncos' defense was. They didn't look that great today. No, no. He ran right through a good defense, like you said. And I don't have the final snap counts. That's one thing I can't wait to check tomorrow. I believe he was right around like 80% of the snaps, too. I mean, a workhorse in an offense that really got it going. Uh, yeah, love to see it. One of the biggest risers of the week. 28 carries. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Good stuff. Another great encouraging performance was Christian McCaffrey. Not the rushing 
Eight carries, 27 yards. Makes you really puke until you see nine receptions, 81 yards, a score through the air. That's the C-Mac we know and love. That's the guy I'm willing to have anxiety-ridden attacks through the night for. Nice, beautiful, over 20 fantasy points. Felt just good. Like, seeing him so involved in the receiving game again just was like, Oh, that's uh, yeah. That's like a rush. That's a dopamine hit. <laughs> it um, was so nice. Patriots running backs. I don't have their final numbers in front of me, but they both were up over in the sixty to eighty yards, and um, you know, just just both sustainable running backs um, in their game against the Packers. I think they both probably finished a little bit higher than that. Um, I know that uh, Harris did get the ball in the end zone one time. Yeah, seventy-seven. I think he finished with eighty in a TD. Stevenson getting that receiving work though. Five targets. You love to see that sustain both in the double-digit range. Definitely guys you can depend upon. In the May category, Khalil Herbert, 19 carries and 77 yards. You like to see the workload, addition to 24 yard on one reception. Looked solid every time he carried it, but just a little bit underwhelming given what we had seen. The running back won the week before. Just wasn't coming out in quite such fashion this week. Cordell Patterson rushed nine times for 38 yards and one touchdown, and the Falcons went over the Browns. But two other running backs, Huntley and Alger, they saw 10 carries. This is kind of what you and me have been alluding to all season with Cordero Patterson. We love him, but I mean, if he's going to be essentially splitting carries with other guys for some reason, obviously that makes his appeal a lot less. Absolutely. They did mention, you know, he was hurt and that was part of it, but ugh, like three guys getting nine or more carries in a backfield. That's that's sell, sell, sell if you can with Patterson. And I love the guy, as you just said, uh, but man, scary. Other negatives, we mentioned Jonathan Taylor, 20 for 42, just worst performance of the day. Although James Robinson had not quite as hyped, but eight carries for 29 after looking like a locked-in running back three entering this week, scored in every single week. This was bad. This was not good. Uh, and, yeah, that sucked. And what's even worse is Travis Etienne, it wasn't like he was the one picking up the slack at all. He also had a concerning performance with eight carries, 32 yards, uh, and this was the type of game they were down for most of it. You'd think that that favors Etienne, but didn't get involved all that much more. And now Jamal Agnew was getting a bunch of backfield snaps, a lot of design plays for him. Kind of the Zay Jones fill-in, they said, but he was, again, moving into the backfield, getting a lot of wheel routes, receiving work. If this now becomes this guy eating in, Jamal Agnew, get two touchdowns in front of Travis Etienne's face. That was just like a big middle finger to all you Etienne owners out there. James Robinson as well. Very, very discouraging performance. Tony Pollard always is going to have his fans. You know, last week he went 13 for a buck five. Everybody loves him in the receiving game. This week he rushed eight times for six yards. He had one catch for two yards. Wow. That's all. I don't have anything else to say. He didn't, he it didn't have bad. a good game. <laughs> really big deep. It was against Washington's, uh, you know, and, you know, they kind of suck. And they suck too. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> definitely where it had been a near 50-50 split. Now it became kind of two-thirds to a third, back to the typical usage. Don't love to see it. Can't trust him until further notice. Gibson, his last real chance to get featured work because Brian Robinson's about to get activated. What does he do? 13 carries for 49 yards, three catches for 14, a very meh day, 3.8 yards per carry. Highly inefficient. In fact, his backup, Jonathan Williams, was very, very involved, gaining 48 yards on his five carries, looking better than Gibson, who's the most sluggish. McKissick had more yards, 40 on eight carries, also adding three receptions. It was a three-headed nightmare even without Robinson here. Robinson now returning is only going to hurt Gibson's stock. If there's somehow you can sell him, I don't I don't think you can. You probably can't. But if there's some idiot out there that sees that he's been okay through three games, sell him as fast as you can. 
All right, we're moving on to running uh, wide receivers. It's already eight sixteen. I told you we had a lot of running backs. Um, yeah. So we're going to roll through these. CD That's Lamb overtime screwed us. We got a little bit like five minute later start. That's, than I that's wanted, true. CD Lamb, uh, he had another good game. Six catches, ninety seven yards, and a touchdown. He and Cooper Rush seem to be on the same page. Also, yeah, he's actually uh, third in the league in targets right now. Yeah. Looking like the alpha that we hoped he would coming into the year. Just excited to hope he, he continues to build that with Dak. We also saw the return of Gallup. He did score two catches, twenty four yards, and a touchdown. Uh, wasn't a full-time player, 39 of the 61 snaps, but played on nearly all of the 11 personnel. 37 of those 39 came in three receiver sets. Good to see him looking active, getting right immediately involved. Noah Brown still was okay as well, uh, putting up, I think, 60 yards on four catches. So he also remained solid, but it's really the C.D. Lamb show. Good yeah. to see, though, again, 41% rostered right now, Michael Gallup. Go get him if he's out there. Like, he's going to be a stud down the stretch. Justin Jefferson, who had an awful week last week, came back with a 10 catch for 147-yard week. That's a little more we're looking for. He also ran one in for a touchdown. Great to see the Seahawks, as we mentioned earlier with Geno Smith. DK, 7 for 149. Lockett, 6 for 91 on eight targets. The big thing is just they're funneling this offense to their two studs. It shouldn't have taken multiple weeks to figure that out. But better late than never. Looks like those two guys definitely deserve big bumps on the rest of the season. Big board. Great to see those guys thriving with Gino, Pete Carroll. They're not dead after all. Um, we are getting some comments in the section asking us uh, sit start questions. I mean, it's unlikely we're going to be able to get to any of these by kickoff. Well, super, guys. If you have something that you need for tonight, right. we should have said at the top, but the super chat will pop right up for us and we'll be able to answer any as we get through these stats. Otherwise, yeah, we, you know, this is kind of the recap show. We don't typically get sit starts for Sunday night, but if you have one, you need an answer to shoot us that quick sit uh, super chat. And we'll be happy to answer. My, it for you. Mike Williams, seven catches for 120 yards. Uh, they went up big time over the Texans early and ended up uh, hanging on to that. He was targeted 11 times. So Mike Williams, you know, a pretty featured receiver in the absence of Keenan Allen. Absolutely. Continues to blow up in that sense. Love to see it. The 11 targets, the hog, another good week for Alec Pierce, 80 yards, Four catches, six targets, clearly emerging as the number two. The big play threat of this offense, <laughs> big, big, dangerous offense for friggin' Matt Ryan. But still, nice to see him emerging as a nice, viable threat. Hollywood Brown, this is through three quarters. He had six catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Not sure if he added to that total, but the Cardinals did end up actually, I don't know, I wouldn't necessarily say blowing up, but they had a pretty good game. I know I was facing Kyler and he burned me pretty bad. A nice 11 targets again. I think he ended up with 12 or 13, so... Good to see this guy remain the alpha. We'll see what happens when Hopkins returns in two weeks, though. Josh Reynolds still out there in a bunch of leagues. Seven catches, 81 yards, and a score on eight targets was one of our most recommended streams of the week. Love to see this big performance. Let's move on to some negatives, huh? Yeah, I hated putting this guy on the list first, but, I mean, man, he belongs there. Gabe Davis, one catch, 13 yards on three targets. That's a pretty big dud of a week there for a guy that we both love. Yeah, we were saying no more Daddy Davis title. At best, he's like absentee stepfather Davis. Yeah. Uh, no, no more Daddy. Little brother, all. something like uh, that. Yeah, exactly. Amari Cooper, one catch no, for nine yards after too. going for 100 and a touchdown in back-to-back games, 11 and 10 targets in back-to-back games. Comes crashing back to earth while watching David Njoku, five for 73. Donovan Peoples Jones, five for 71. Just a, a painful reminder that Amari Cooper has a terrible floor. 
even though it seemed like he was steadying out on us. We already mentioned Drake London catching two balls for 17 yards, so I will not uh, beat that into the dirt. But I will talk about, for just a second, the Steelers wide receivers that are not pickings. Chase Claypool did not catch either of his two targets, so that's a zero in the Steelers' week four loss to the Jets. Deontay Johnson, only slightly better, catching two of four targets for 11 yards in that same game. Pretty bad. Pretty damn bad indeed, again, against the Jets. Michael Pittman, one of the easiest matchups for wide receiver ones. The Titans giving up huge games all season. So what does he do? Three catches, 31 yards, six targets. This Colts team is just such an embarrassment to what I thought they would be. Oh, Devontae Smith is a guy who's been really up and down. Three out of four targets for 17 yards in this game against the Jaguars. He's coming off a really, really huge game. Obviously, a lot of people had really high hopes for him, wondering if it was like a 1A, 1B situation. But, yeah, he didn't do anything today. Yeah, Josh Palmer, one catch, 25 yards, breaking his streak of being a top 35 receiver every time Keenan was out. I don't see the point of holding on to him. If he can't get it done with no Keenan Allen against the Texans, it's going to be too inconsistent. I I always start kind of liking Palmer, and then I'm just like, no. No, he's kind of no. like Kyle Pitts. All right, um, tight ends. We talked about Hawkinson, probably our overall stud of the week. Eight catches for a buck seventy nine and two touchdowns. But also Pat Fryermuth, seven catches on nine targets for eighty five yards in the uh, in the aforementioned loss to the Jets. Not too bad. They say better with Mitch, but still good. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he had forty nine of his yards with Mitch Trubisky in the first half. So ultimately, not that much better though. Right, Thirty comparable came with uh, Pat Fry. Thirty five percent target share. On the day, real nice to see that type of usage for your tight end at any point. Fry's just been a real stud all year like for the tight end position, about as consistent as you could ask for. Gerald Everett, also been kind of a stud all year. Five catches, 61 and a touchdown, six targets. I do worry when Parham comes back, that big 6'8 body might take some red zone work. But Everett's got a real rapport with Justin Herbert here. So I'm a big fan of this guy. Uh, definitely remains at least a tight end, too, that's worth your bye week fill-in type of spots. David Njoku, five catches on seven targets for 73 in the Browns' loss to the Falcons. I still can't believe I'm saying loss to the Falcons because the Falcons were so bad. So freaking bad. We mentioned Mark Andrews, duddish, two for 15, but also bad performances coming from Dawson Knox, three for 40. I can't continue to call this guy the, the two-touchdown no. week. It's coming. No. It's time. I'm done with him. He fucking sucks. Like it's he's just so inconsistent. Still hasn't found the end zone. Nah, no more Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz. Yeah, or Dalton Schultz. Come on now. So zero for three until until you know I wouldn't cut Schultz, but until Dak's back, I am not using that piece of shit. No way. All right, here's one tight end that really should have fallen under the positive category, and that's Mo Alley Cox. Six catches, six targets, 85 yards, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, I don't know why that's under negatives. It was a pretty good game. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of reminded last week it was Jelani Woods, two touchdowns. Like somebody on the Colts is going to catch two touchdowns and you're not going to have him in your lineup. And right. Stuff. right. Uh, all righty. Moving on to just real quick before we get into our injuries, waiver wires, and then we'll hit your mailbag. You guys have been patient with us hanging out here. All right. Well, at least truth, if you got to get it going, I totally get it as well. Uh, but no house advantage. Changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick them contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250K plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders, individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code RSJ at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app 
on these app stores to get your first deposit matched up to $25. Make sure to check out No Ups Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. It's not just how you play, but also where you play. You don't want to miss out on this. I keep saying it, but we've had some users win some huge money over a thousand bucks in their first two bets. $25 on the, the 5X time of bet, and they've, they've just destroyed it, getting their 20X their money, getting five props right, and back-to-back nights. You love to see it, and we hope more of you win some good money on there. Let's move into some quick injuries here, starting with Javante Williams got carted off, did not return, did not look good. We'll avoid speculating until we get an MRI that confirms anything, but knees are always tough. It was a bad twist. I don't know if it looked to me like a sprain. I'm no doctor. I don't know that it was a tear because usually that happens like on a cut or something. This more more like a twist, but we will see. It's probably a multi-week at least, and it has the potential to be a season ender. Unless you've heard – have you heard anything new before we went live? True. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, um, so it uh, looked like Melvin Gordon could be the every down back, but Boone was also coming in and getting a change of pace. They just like their committees there. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, got to track that one, the biggest injury news of the day. But also another running back one going down today. Too. Yeah, Frank Reich, we already talked about the thing with Jonathan Taylor. But, anyway, he has relayed that Jonathan Taylor is undergoing further testing for a potential high ankle sprain. The one thing I would say about this, I would – I mean – Again, as the Wolf just said so eloquently, I am not a doctor either. I would not count on seeing Taylor. I believe they have a Thursday night game against Denver coming up this week, short week. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if Taylor's out. Hopefully it's not for more time than that. Yeah, I doubt they. I doubt you see him exactly. I'm with you there, which will make Daim Hines an intriguing waiver wire ad. Traylon Burks, right when breakout season was emerging for the guy, got a poor one out, carded off the field with a foot injury. He was seen leaving the locker room with crutches, walking boot, Ah, not good situation. Looking like at least a multi-week thing for Burks. Ah, just as he was starting to break out, you hate to see it for the talented rookie. This is really going to put a halt on his season, most likely. Well, this one really made me sad, too. Isaiah McKenzie left yeah. the week four game against the Ravens, took a vicious shot and an over-the-middle catch. We've certainly seen those before. No penalty called on the play, but uh, he left. you got to think he's concussed. Right. I mean, maybe we'll get to his doctor to check him out and he'll be back soon. But uh, yeah, that's too bad because he had a really, really, uh, you know, he's he's becoming a legit target, especially with Gabe Davis not being that great. <laughs> exactly. And Jameson Crowder also carted off. Looked like, you know, you might have the slot role to himself at this point, McKenzie. But nope, because now, now both those guys go down. Next man up, Khalil Shakir. Had a great preseason. Yeah. Could be. Again, anyone getting meaningful work in this Bills offense is worth a look. So both those guys are going to miss time. Khalil Shakir is definitely a rookie worth checking out on your waiver wire. Jahan Dotson. Hate that this one. I hate to see him get hurt too. Maybe a hamstring play. injury. Those things can linger sometimes. He caught another touchdown. He's like, he's got to be up there near the top of the touchdown list. He's scored what like at least four times. This he's year. got four scores on the season already. Yeah. All he does is catch touchdowns. Was having himself a nice day. Three catches, 43 yards, and a score before going out. He did say he's feeling pretty good after the hamstring injury. It seems like it'd be at most a one, two week thing, but keep your tabs on him. Justice Hill, as we mentioned, you weren't using him in fantasy, but he did go down with a leg injury. It was non-contact, which you never like to see. Oh, no, uh, no, never like to see. So JK Dobbins, you know, he became the featured back in his absence. You wonder if somebody else gets a call back. Maybe they have Mike Davis reemerge or is JK Dobbins again, 17 touches today. Maybe he's just unleashed moving forward. Daniel Jones left the Giants week four game against the Bears. He was replaced with Tyrod Taylor, who I also think got hurt, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, he did too. What a, they started running the Wildcat with Saquon. What a weird situation. They ultimately won it. But yeah, keep your tabs on Daniel Jones. Not because you're probably using him, but the weapons there, uh, it does matter, I guess. I don't know. He, he's terrible too. So He's terrible, but I will say that he's he's probably one of the better fantasy waiver options as a quarterback. I mean, because he's mobile. So, he ran right, in a big score, like two right. scores. He, he, I mean, I know when we think about him as a runner, we think about him falling down in the open field. Yeah. That, like he did that time. He's actually a pretty good runner as a quarterback. Yeah, he really is. All righty. We'll wrap up here with the early week five waiver wire, getting ahead of your league mates now. And I would start with Kenny Pickett, 5% rostered. And, of course, my number one pickup, George Pickens, 39%. Both of these guys, though, I think deserve to go into 70 to 80% of roster ship as of this week. Preseason-wise, Kenny Pickett was 29 of 36. That was an 80% completion percentage, went 261 and three touchdowns in a right, about three quarters of action, had 124 passer rating, was one of the top of all passers, the best of all the rookies, but really up there in the entire NFL. So he's looked good. I know today it was a little sketchy. One of the picks was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Uh, So you hate to see those two other interceptions, but you love that he was just absolutely slinging it down the field, 13.2 yards Average depth of target, unleashing the ball. Don't forget that the Steelers had with Big Ben, the corpse of Big Ben, fourth most pass attempts last year, and then the first and first most pass attempts the years before when Big Ben was healthy. They like to throw. They have their new gunslinger. They also ran him, too. Runs the ball six times, 15 yards. Most importantly, in the red zone, two touchdowns as well. Really good. The QB sneaks powered himself right through for two scores. Um, a big fan of Pickett, just in general. Good weapons to throw to high-powered offense that loves to throw and some mobility now added in. I think you got yourself all the makings of a low-end QB1 if all things pan out. But more intriguing to me is his number one weapon, George Pickens. Six catches on eight targets, 102 yards. Uh, Most of that coming with Pickett when he took over. 31 yards in the first half with Mitch Trubisky. 71 yards in the second half with Kenny Pickett. In a 33% target share in the second half with Kenny Pickett, 5.92 yards per route run in the second half. I know we're talking about, again, a half, a small sample of action here, but Pickens to Pickett. I've been saying it all year. It's going to be, it just sounds like a league winning combination. I think it's emerged here. I'm going to try to go get both of these guys in every league I can. The rest of the waiver wire isn't nearly as intriguing as those two. So I do, I know there's a long time to spend on those two, but they are by far the top two guys to go after, in my opinion. Um, just as an FYI, Mahomes has already gone to Kelsey for a touchdown, and Brady is driving and is in field goal range. Oh, so we um, got to get we'll, – we'll rip through the rest of this waiver wire. We'll get through your questions real fast, but, yeah, we got some uh, action. Let's do Josh it. Reynolds, 20% owned. He caught seven catches, seven out of eight targets for 81 yards and touchdowns. Kind of like you say, anybody that's uh, getting looks in the Bills offense. Do I feel the same way almost about the Lions? I kind of do. Isn't it crazy? I love it. I mean, I just love this Lions team, especially for fantasy, just in general, too. They're so fun to watch. I wish they were winning more for Dan Campbell's sake. But, yeah, Reynolds, 17, 12, and 11 points in three straight weeks, double digits. And that's half PPR, so even better in full PPR. Wouldn't be shocked at all with the bye, not next week, but the week after. Most speculation is they're going to rest Swift through the bye. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them do the same with Amon Ra and rest him for another week as well. And Reynolds would be right into that high-end wide receiver three, like mid-range wide receiver two, the way this guy's putting up stats right now. So he's number two on my list. I did want to mention, we talked about it with Patterson, two guys getting 10-plus carries. Any running back that's seeing 10 or more attempts has to be at least mentioned. I don't think either of these Atlanta backs, that being uh, Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier, I don't think any of them are 
overly worth a huge bid or anything of that nature. But Huntley looked like a bowling ball. He was just every single time getting downfield, 10 carries, 56 yards, and a score. A lot of goal line involvement there. Tyler Algier also getting 10 carries for 84 yards, calls in a catch for 20 yards as well. So it depends on Patterson's health. He is the guy when healthy. It could just be a hideous three-way committee and none of these guys are valuable. That's probably, especially these two lower-end guys, Patterson will always be a little bit valuable because he's such a playmaker. I don't think either of these guys are that valuable, but at least you know if if Patterson goes down, what two guys are going to be involved at this point. Yeah, Jamal Agnew, you have written here probably fool's gold. I agree. I'll still just give him a shout-out real quick. He had four catches for 50 yards uh, for the Jags in their loss to the Eagles. Um, Zay Jones was out of the game. That might have something to do with it. I, I would not rush out and get this guy personally. No, I wouldn't either. But he was a, a quality wide receiver three for a good stretch of last year. Like This isn't the first time we've seen this converted kick returner really thrive. He was moved again, slot, backfield, kind of running these creative route concepts. Uh, they, they like him. They're using him more than freaking Etienne at this point. So wouldn't be the worst possible receiver you could add at 0% rostered. He's out there in your leagues at least. Geno Smith, 12% rostered. This is who I might like run out and get this guy. Yeah, 320 yards, two touchdowns to the air, 49 rushing yards, and another score on the ground. No, he's not going to face the Lions every week. I think waiver wire pickup of the week should just be who's facing the Lions. Put them in your lineup at this point. But Geno Smith, that's now three of his four games have been 18 or more fantasy points. He looks actually good. He's got two great weapons to throw to. It seems so gross, but especially in two QB super flex leagues, or if you're desperate and your quarterback's just not getting it done for you, I really don't mind Geno Smith moving forward. I mean, I have Kirk Cousins in a league. I, I might drop him for Geno. Yeah. Will Disley, 3% owned. He's had a touchdown in three out of his four games and 11 fantasy points in all of them. I mean, 3% owned. Yeah. Like, that's kind of nuts. He's got great chemistry with Geno, especially when they get in close. It's gross, but... We've seen this story with Disley before. Pete Carroll loves him, and he loves throwing to him in the red zone, and Disley typically rewards it. Alec Pierce, as we mentioned earlier, 80 yards, four catches, six targets, 5% rostered, big plays in back-to-back weeks. I think his role is only going to grow at the expense of Paris Campbell as the season goes on. It sucks that he's tied to shitty Matt Ryan, but over 300 yards today, I think this guy's going to soak in some work as the year goes forward. I agree. Corey Davis, 24% rostered. Five catches, seven targets, 74 yards and a touchdown. Not too terrible. I mean, Corey Davis has burned you in the past. Yeah. And as we mentioned, he he, he is the guy for Zach Wilson. Dating back to last year, that's what we saw. Uh, he ran, you know, less routes than either of the two, Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore, but saw uh, the most targets. So he ultimately, he's this guy. He gets it done. They have the best chemistry. So just keep him in mind. We mentioned Khalil Shakir. Uh, he's out there in 99% of leagues right now. Just a nice talent that dominated the preseason and could be looking at a meaningful role in this Bills offense. And the last guy is another rookie, Christian Watson, overshadowed by Romeo Dubs in all the hype circles, and deservedly so the way Dubs has been thriving. But he did catch a touchdown today. That was his only catch, one for eight in the score. Uh, but just involved in this offense, played over 50% of the snaps, was the better quote-unquote talent coming into the year, so could end up carving himself out a role. Uh, so I wanted to just shout that guy out as well. I think that's about it for the pickups, right? That's about it for the pickups. 8.35. The Bucks have uh, responded with a field goal, by the way. All righty, there we go. We'll rip this up. Wolf from Omar, our man. Great call on Hawkinson. Carried to a few dubs. Love to see it. You love when we get them right. feel like we get called out for the wrong ones more often. So I appreciate when people do shout us out when we got it right. 
Glad you had him in your lineup. Go back, go. Fuck off, Shavis. You had to just come uh-huh. in. You bag of shit. All right, what else do we got here? Juan Pena, would you guys drop Michael Carter for a backup like Disley? I probably would. I got Knox, or should I drop Michael Carter for another running back? I got Eckler, Chubb, Connor, and Jamal Williams. Got good backs. I don't think you need Carter. I don't know that Disley is the guy you, that's worth dropping him for. But as we said on today's show, Juan, like I think you can cut Carter. You don't need him on your roster. Yeah, agree. My Patriots are looking suspect. They need more faith in the quarterback position. Should have let Zappy throw more. We have nothing to lose at this point, losing a lot of close games due to coaching. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm with you 100%. It was so soft. And I, I meant to say, as we get to these questions, that thumbs up button, our last ditch effort to get a few out to more people would be so greatly appreciated. If you haven't subbed to the channel, please consider doing so because we go live four times a week yeah. and we're here to answer your questions every time. We have a call in. I forgot. We got to make sure we get our man in here to keep the streak alive. Waiting nice and patient over there, David. What's going on, brother? What's going on? So it's been a day. Um, but truth, you laid the ultimate mush this week. Which one? Always. With Kamara. I told you. Couldn't even play. Yeah, I told you. Suit up. So, yeah. wow. Props to you. I was actually looking for his player props this morning to bet all unders. Because you are three for three, so we are. I'm following this to the T now. Okay, it's, the, it's, the truth it's, mush is the most legitimate, like guarantee call in all of sports. It's a dubious, football. it's a dubious honor to have, but right now I am kind of on fire. So, <laughs> but thanks, guys. Keep it up. Enjoy the game tonight. Absolutely. Right, Thank you, David. Keeping the streak alive, baby. Cheers. I um, am. I am disturbingly good on calling bad. Yeah, you're really good at motion people. Absolutely. Well, to, to be fair, I was saying he was going to have a bad performance. It wasn't like I was like, Kamara's going to blow up. A lot of people did think Kamara was going to blow up. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was always suspicious that he would play. Um, anyway, started Javante and Aaron Jones over Pierce and oh. Sanders. So that hurts. I love when people use this as the therapy session. That's brutal. And I would have done the same thing. Both those guys would have been locked into my lineup and – I would have been furious breaking windows, most likely. Elvis. I think that would be like a funny, uh, if not a show, like a, a video, like TikTok or something like that, like a therapy circle. Yeah. Fantasy football <laughs> guys talking about the, what, what horrible Fantasy thing Fantasy addicts anonymous. Yep. Like. <laughs> Juan Pena says if Mac Jones was healthy, we would have won that game. Good chance. The, the Packers really blow, yeah. They would have at least gone for it at the end of the game. They had like a minute 40 and just completely choked. Uh, so good to see Celtics winning. Glad you won in fantasy Patriots with the X, but Hey, not the complete trifecta for the birthday, but it was close. My man, Juan, I hope you had a great day. 33 for Juan Pena today. Should I, should I drop Michael Carter? Oh, nice. 33. Should yeah. I drop Michael Carter to stash Rashad white? I think so. Cause what's Carter. You're never going to use him. Yeah. If Brees Hall went down, I guess maybe, but you're playing the handcuff game at that point. Go for the guy in the bucks offense instead of the jets offense. And I agree. Daniel says that Jay, uh, Jonathan Taylor and Gabe Davis were my duds. I agree yeah. with that completely. hundred percent, Dave. Daddy should have been nominated in the duds. Although DJ throws in Kyle Pitts, Puke City, also a good. utter Puke City. Mick Chubb's the best running back in the league. Uh, I think talent-wise, you might be right. Hard to dispute and, as a and, pure runner. Like, well, when healthy, I might put Saquon up there with him. But, uh, yeah. Saquon for his versatility, definitely like a little bit more so. But as a strictly runner – Nick Chubb is there's nobody better. I think he has been for like three years. Yeah, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I've I've always been on that train. Yep, yeah. I'm there. Brian Martinez says, "Can't wait to start Brees finally. I've slept on him on my own team. Yeah, something to be excited." <laughs> yeah, get him in that lineup. The usage is matching the talent now. 
It's only going up by low if you can still somehow get onto that train. Baby. Lucas says Miles Sanders and Godwin for Kamara and Pickens. Um, I, I might prefer the Godwin-Sanders side. I think Godwin's on the rise. Kamara just makes me nervous. It's seeming like that's just going to be the worst pick you could have possibly made. Even though I like Pickens, I could see buying low on, on Kamara. You're not buying low here. You're giving up a, a potential top 12 receiver, and Miles Sanders looking like a top 15 running back with a heavy role. A great offense. I mean, I, I think Sanders is the best guy in this deal, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Now, Godwin's um, the best guy in this deal, but Sanders uh, and Van Kamara. I, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know. I mean, there's a lot of injury risk. Seven carries in the Eagles' offense is no joke. I mean, you're, you're right. I, that it, role. Is very I would probably. I would. I would. I have Godwin right now, and if someone offered him to me for Sanders straight up, I would make that trade. I absolutely would. Jamal DJ Johnson. Yeah. Smarter than us, man. Good job, DJ. Playing it right. Denny Jennings, 4-0, Fly Eagles Fly. That is all good night. That's all that you really need to say. I, I yeah. can't. You guys look real good. Boba Fat Pickens, number one waiver pick. Well, I think um, he's well worth I think you burned and then, the number one for him this weekend. And then Nick, Nick actually asked us a lot of times about this leading up to the show, uh, to the kickoff. Should I start Godwin or Clyde tonight? This is decided if I lose or win. I would have started Clyde. I would have um, said Clyde too. You asked me. Godwin. Um, no. sorry, sorry we ran late. I uh, hope you – Hope you made the right call. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Let us know if you're still here, Nick, who you went. And just uh, a preface, we should have probably given at the top that most of the long-term listeners know we don't typically get to the set starts for Sunday night because we're going through a big recap of all day of action, trying to boil that to 30 minutes uh, and then still also get set starts. So we do always say if you have something, the Super Chat button pops up if you use it. We're not just trying to beg for your money. It's always supported and appreciated if you give it. But if you have like a must must have this answer. Just toss it a few bucks our way. We'll get it right into our radar for the future. Um, if you if you have that situation on Sunday night, Matt B says at one point Houston was down twenty and Pierce had twenty one points. Ugh. Yeah, which is like the negative game script. He still was panning out because of how explosive this guy is. You love to see it. I think he's an every week start at this point. Boba Fett is golf a legit QB one. Yes. Um. Yeah. One hundred percent. I really do. Like that. That defense is so bad. I'm all in on it. Aaron Jones says, uh, he says, our thoughts on Aaron Jones and Antonio Gibson for the rest of the season. Uh, That's a a pretty broad question. Gibson, very down on, you know, already in a three-headed committee with Robinson not even there. Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones. He's going to have some 30-point days, going to be a little bit inconsistent. Uh, But I love the player. Love the – I don't love the overall offense this year, though, so it's kind of capping his ceiling in terms of scoring-wise. Yeah, uh, Vols the Goat. I'm up 31. My opponent has Mahomes, uh, Kittle, and the San Francisco D. Is it over? Yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because Mahomes is going to probably put up 25. I mean, Kittle could do nothing. That's what I'm saying. Kittle has not done anything yet this year. San Fran, like, that's yeah, a good defense, but Rams can put up points too. I don't think it's over. It really, if Mahomes has more, you know, less than 20, if Mahomes goes 20 or less, you're actually in pretty good shape, I would say. But it's uh, not even good shape because Kittle got like 30 himself. But it's not over. You're not done. I would say you're probably 70% chance to lose, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, last but not least, uh, JT was shit. Russell says, Javante gets injured. I just traded Damian Pierce for Gabe Davis. Total shit show. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> Those are all bad breaks that went your way. Or None that of went that against went you. well, Russell. Oh, man. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't even remember you mentioned the Damian Pierce for Gabe Davis trade. The way Davis has been inconsistent, I don't know that I could have endorsed it, but – if I did, I apologize, and I certainly wouldn't endorse that trade now. Uh, some, some lovely comments uh, going on here with Denny Jennings and uh, 
whatnot. Don't know who this Alfred guy is, but probably need to block him moving forward. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but no. welcome. All righty. Let's go enjoy this game. Thank you guys for being here on your way out. That thumbs yeah. up button would be so greatly appreciated. If you haven't liked and subbed, uh, that'd be in the world. So thank you guys uh, so much for being here. You can find all our content at RoadStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves. We'll get on to the rest of the season big board tomorrow. The week five rankings will be up tomorrow night because uh, you know how it goes. We're on to week five already, baby. Hopefully this was helpful. You can always find the audio version the next morning at uh, whatever time. Uh, you have the fancy fullback dive. It'll be there for your commute. Good stuff. Uh, thanks again, guys, for being here. And a wolf of fancy sheep, be the wolves. Later, Later guys. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.